Hey, what's up? This is Mario with Rugged33, and I'm here today with my guest co-host, Johnny Black, a.k.a. Johnny Apodaca, and my cousin. It's a little racist, but. <laughs> not even close. It was, it was funny. When, when, it, when I first met him, I came back from Pennsylvania, and I'm not lying. I'm living in Wilmington, where your grandpa lives. Uh, also, Devin Martinez is with us, and. You guys are going to get to meet him. He's amazing. Thanks, Johnny, for that phone noise. But uh, the story goes is I, w- I wake up in this haze, and all of a sudden I see a kid darker than me. And that was my introduction to Johnny Black, my cousin. Yeah. So anyways, today's show is uh, yeah, we got Devin as, as our guest, Devin Martinez. And uh the farthest back I could remember is before he was born because I knew his dad. His dad is my second cousin, and we grew up in Wilmington um, on the same block. He lived on one end of the block, and I lived on the very end of a dead end. So that's how far we go back. I remember, Devin, when you came along, and then your brother Miles did. I've known your mom for years. But just seeing you grow, man, and then um, just like – what do you actually do? Because I follow you on Instagram, on social media, and I'm like, I remember seeing you on the news. I think, what was it, San Francisco News? Yeah. Yeah, what was that all about, if you don't? So, all right, I got on the news because <laughs> right, I work for myself, or I have for, like, a long time. And, right. like, that sounds a little bit more impressive than it really is because for a while I didn't make any money. And uh, basically what I do is do marketing how, for How long was for a while? Um, I was, don't mind me asking. I was making money, but not making money doing what I wanted to do. I was right. hustling like personal training. I was hustling all my other skills that I had that I didn't want to do anymore just to be able to support like me trying to do what I do right now. So when I got on the news, um, I was doing some work for some girl that does like PR for a bunch of different companies. And I made her some content, some videos, and I helped her out with some consulting and she paid me, but she was like, I gave her a really good like price. And then she goes, Hey, like, do you want to be on the news like tomorrow? And I was like, where at? And she's like, San Francisco. I go, okay, sure. And she's like, you have any questions that uh, you want me to ask? Like, do you want me to prep them for you? I go, no, just let me go. I don't care. <laughs> like, let me go up there. So like I went up there and they were asking me like, you know, what do you want to be told? I, I don't know how TV works. You know, like, guess yeah. there's some format where, well, I learned this even at like talk shows, they do like a rehearsal where they go over the interview entirely before. And for me, I'm not used to that, obviously. And, uh, so I think like 10 minutes before they're like, what do you want to be asked? And they felt kind of weird. Cause I was like, um, you know, whatever you guys want, ask me about business, whatever questions I guess yeah. you have. And yeah, I just ended up on the news and it went all right. But that's how I got into that. It was basically a favor or like a payment that was not currency on top of some work uh, that I did for this girl. And then, um, it was kind of like killing. She two- paid you back by getting you on the news. No, she paid me money, but because I gave her such a good price, I think she felt like she was giving me. Some time. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay. I mean, I would have been cool without it. I don't, I don't really care, but it was cool that I got it. Cause a lot of people are actually more impressed by it. And it's, I don't think it's that hard to get on TV to be honest. <laughs> wow. That's, well, I've never been on TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I, I've been on Dodger Tron, like on the big screen on accident one time, but um, yeah, that's amazing. And the reason why I ask you um, about what you're into is because I, I know you've coached wrestling I know you've been in jujitsu. You still are cigar shop. I'm like, what business 
does my cousin do? I'm like, does he launder money for the mafia? I mean, all these things have crossed my mind. So I'm like, okay, so what do you, and, and the reason why I brought you on Rugged 33, we know bad guys doing good things is I know you've had struggles in your life, but also it just seems like your hustle is crazy amazing as this young man. So how old are you anyways? I just turned, I'm turned 31 this year, turned 30 last year. Oh, did, I don't know why you just seem so young, dude. I appreciate that. That's <laughs> I appreciate that because I feel like I'm old. Like I feel like I'm that old dude running around trying to look young. Oh, okay. Nah, I thought you were like 24. With his Letterman jacket on Friday night football games <laughs> right, going over right, there, <laughs> right? Crazy, crazy <laughs> Modesto high schools. No. Um, so yeah, what are you into, man? Like, like, what do you do actually for work? Or I know you're you're a business owner, so go for it. So sure. for work, um, it's really a lot of geeky business stuff. But like, like I guess like big picture what I do is I work with companies and I rebuild their marketing departments and that is from like things like managing their social accounts and teaching them how to do that I guess uh, in a really optimal way so they don't waste money hiring people or paying an agency too much money um, all the way to just consulting and telling people like like literally running an audit of the agency and be like you're paying too much for this every single month like ask for this instead try to cut your retainer down it's a lot of random stuff um but i just basically packaged and and sold like what i do on the internet for myself and put it in like a business perspective for like people that are really competent but they don't necessarily know about the internet so like people like 50 60 years old upper management um yeah or your cousin mario who's 44 (laughs) and trying to launch something amazing and didn't know that you do this for a living and you could help out the situation. Oh, so yeah. 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 Wow, man. That, that's pretty great. So did you go to school for it? Self-taught? Like how, how did you get into that? All right. So um, it's like a random, and I guess like this story shows some of the stuff that I'm interested. I'm interested in a lot of stuff. So I kind of really put my finger on one, but the way I got into this, it won't make sense up front, but I'll tie it around, I guess, as I get to where I'm at right now. Yeah. So when I was like 10 years old, my parents bought uh, their first house and we moved next door to these guys that were skateboarders and they were like three, four years older than me. And uh, we lived in apartments our whole life. So we didn't play out with neighbor kids or anything like that. And when we moved there, we were just outside like all day. And since they were the only other kids on the block that were even remotely close to our age, um, they, we just hung out with them and they were like good and bad influences on like a lot of ways, you know, but these are skateboarding. What, what kind of things? Bad. Oh, no, 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 just as right. Go for it. What's that movie with those kids back in the day skateboarding? Uh, <laughs> which one? Gleaming uh, the cube with uh, Tony Hawk. There's like Lords of Dogtown. Yeah. There's, there's a Dog bunch Town. of them. That was, that was they're awesome. running the streets. I don't even know if they had skateboards, but oh. it was, uh, I was it the Goonies. Was it the Warriors? Okay, sorry, go ahead. No, no, so so I hung out with these guys all the time, and the cool thing about the skateboarding community back then is that they were into producing content and hustling that content for free stuff before anybody else was, before the internet boom happened, right? Yeah. So these guys, like, they would film themselves skateboarding all day on, yeah, these kids, yeah. They were, like, 13, 12, oh, is that the name of it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a good timing right there, actually. I don't even remember that, maybe. So they would film themselves skateboarding all day and they would, um, after they'd be done, they would go home and they'd put all these clips of them landing the tricks to music. They put it together into like what they called a skate part and all of the friends in the group would edit their own skate parts (laughs) at home. And then at some point when they were all finished, they'd bring them all together and you'd have a whole little local skate video of it. 
So that was like what we would do. That's what they would do, right? And um, what they would do also with their individual parts is they would like mail them or take them on skate trips to different skate shops and try to get sponsored. I thought that was the coolest thing in the world that like... Man, their hustle was on, huh? Yeah, so like when I was like 10, 11 years old, 12 this years old. 20 years ago. Yeah, so seriously. It's not like YouTubers yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like... They were like literally like, yeah, it's just like, they were like influencers, but like by foot, like gorilla style influencers, you know? So I would sit there with this, uh, my older neighbor, Brayden, he was four years older than me and he would be on Adobe Premiere and he would, again, film all those skate tricks, come back home and edit them. And because I just wanted to be around these guys all the time, I would just stand there and watch him edit. And I remember like seeing what Adobe Premiere looked like for so many hours in a row because he would just sit there all night and edit. And I would stay there till like nine, ten o'clock till my parents called their house and made me come home watching him click like the cut and paste button. So I learned like two or three buttons just by watching. And uh, my dad at the time had switched into like, I guess, like uh, career paths. And he was like an IT guy. He was learning IT. And he had friends that he was going to school with that were good at like ripping files off the Internet right before um, Kazak or Kaza and all those yeah. different programs or whatever. So he downloaded me a, a file of Adobe Premiere and I started They got me a video camera for my birthday and I started filming my tricks, editing them when I was like 12, 13 years old. Um, And I remembered how to do it just from watching my neighbor do it. And uh, I was getting like the RCA cables, connecting them up to uh, my camera, like literally taking (laughs) the video off my camera, putting it on the computer, putting it back on the mini DV tape, taking the RCA cables, putting them in the camera, connecting up to the VCR and putting my mini DV on the VHS. And I'd have my mom drive me to skate shops. Or if we went to eat Modesto, I'd have them take me to Copeland, to Mainland, to Valley Valley Sporting Goods, because these are the only skate shops in town that were like remotely popular enough to be able to afford to sponsor people. Right. And that's how, uh, well, so I got into video editing like that. I'm not trying to get into the skateboarding part, but, um, what kind of skateboard did you have? Oh, I had a bunch. I had a bake. I like bakers. I like flips. Yeah. Flips were my, my favorite skateboard. Cause, uh, you I, remember anti-hero? Yeah. Anti-hero. Yeah, actually when I was living in San Francisco, um, uh, I would stay there half of the time and I was working there. I, my, my roommate was Julian stranger from anti-hero. Yeah. So back in the day, like I got to meet like childhood <laughs> You know, yeah, like yeah. Tommy Guerrero. Oh, that guy's a legend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Total let I was like, man, I remember like just any Powell movie or, or any um, he was in, you know, and Tommy Guerrero, especially being Latino. Yeah. No, you know, like he was that, yeah. ahead of his time. Of course, we got Steve Cavallaro, but just I remember being able to meet where at Tommy Guerrero, uh, the Mission District in San Francisco. How did Francisco. you meet him, though? Um, because he was friends with Julian Stranger. Julian Stranger was this amazing skateboarder like back i know nothing about skateboarding oh yeah yeah so for those of you that don't know about skateboarding philadelphia in like the early 90s was the mecca but in like the early late like mid 90s late 90s and early 2000s it started like san francisco became like the world mecca for skateboarding it was like the place to travel to and skate yeah yeah is it that good well they have amazing places to skate Yeah, yeah yeah but sorry go ahead no so I guess Flash, that was in like 2003-ish, 2004-ish. YouTube comes along 2005, 2006. And obviously me, along with everyone else my age, gets obsessed with just the internet. And um, what happened was, I guess, I just didn't go to college. Not I guess. I went to college, junior college. I stopped going because I was making a lot of money uh, being a personal trainer. So I was good at sales. And um, I did that for a while. And at some point in the story, I'm leaving a lot of stuff out, but not important stuff. At some point in that story, I decided I didn't want to be a personal trainer anymore. And I wanted to just do Brazilian jiu-jitsu full-time because my cousins (laughs) opened up a gym and uh, I started training. 
And that was Johnny. That was Johnny, Johnny, my cousin Adrian. Uh, yeah. They they opened up a gym, and so I got into it because of them. And uh, I started doing tournaments and stuff like that. And I started hustling like the little following I had on Instagram for sponsors of whoever would give me free stuff. And how, how did you do that at that time, dude? I, you would just ask. I them just or? DM people. I just DM people all day, and like I wouldn't DM big companies. I would just DM small companies that were just started off that were lit. I could tell we're like posting on hustling. And I was like, okay, I have a little bit of a phone. These people might give me, give me stuff. And maybe I don't know, one or two people would give me stuff. And Kevin, like after this, I'm taking you to dinner and we need, we definitely need to talk. Okay. Go ahead. No, I'm go down. Ahead. I'm down. Um, so yeah, so that happened, right? I quit my job. I wanted to do jiu-jitsu full time. Cause I got some sponsors and I was like, okay, I can make something out of this. And I didn't think I was going to make a lot of money, but I thought I could make enough to be able to like just train a full time and give me some like, I don't know, cushion room before I decide what I really, really want to do. And I thought I'm still young. It's whatever. I'll try it out. And uh, six months into that, I got hurt like like pretty not pretty bad, but like I ruptured. A mu- I had a muscle belly tear from like my pec to my shoulder. So I that muscle was completely torn. I messed it up training. And uh, so I was like, man, I quit my job. I can't train jujitsu. Like I look like an idiot because I didn't finish school and I'm not really making any money at all. And um, I was basically just like in limbo for a while trying to figure it out. Let me stop you right there. Yeah. So you put everything into you're gonna do you're gonna do this jujitsu career. You you get the tear. Dude, like if you could remember how long ago was that? I was like twenty four, twenty five. Yeah, so yeah. so mentally, man, what did that do to you? Like, it just seems like you put everything towards that, if you can remember. So, like, I think at the time, I was more embarrassed because I was like, my parents were already pretty upset with me for like, <laughs> right. you, when, when you're in your early twenties, they're like, yeah. oh, you're not finishing school, you're not, you're not right. going making money. What are you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so I was just, I think more than anything, I was embarrassed, like for what my parents thought of me, but not necessarily what everyone else thought of me. I was like, I'll recover. I'll figure something out. Cause I was already like, this sounds dumb, but like I was back at the gym, like a week later being stupid, like just holding my gi and like training just to like roll around. I didn't have anything else. It's not like I had a job or anything, you know? Right. right. So I was just training. Other than that, I, I think I was just more like, uh, my, I, I was like, I literally thought maybe at one point before that happened, I was like, I'm going to do something and make a little bit of money doing this. And my parents would be like, Oh, this guy's just, he's hustling. He's hustling this. Like he would do anything else. Right. I thought that that's what was going to happen, but I got hurt. So I, was, I think I was more embarrassed over the fact that like my plans just didn't work out. And I was yeah. going to tell my parents like, you're right. I messed up. You guys are right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. Right. I think that's more than anything what I felt because as far as like me mentally, I was like, eh, I'll, I'll yeah. get over it. <laughs> so there's a lot of pride. Yeah. More than anything. It's hundred percent. It was pride. hundred percent. Wow. Wow. All right. Go for it. Sorry. For no, that. no, you're fine. But, uh, but so for a few months, I was just kind of contemplating, like, how am I going to make some money? Because my, so I had some sponsors of that. Like, I had a podcast that was giving me money to do tournaments. I had um, a little clothes company that sent me shirts and said that they would pay for my turns. And they were still willing to send me stuff. I had a soap company that was giving me free soap. <laughs> and they were still sending me stuff because I had a following on the internet and because I was helping them host the podcast and doing different things like that. And I was like, well, I should just do this, like, for business. Like, I should, like, literally, like, teach businesses how to, like, leverage the internet to do stuff. Because these people are paying me money and giving me stuff, like, I could help businesses build their following on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. And, um, I just, I tried to hustle that for like a year and nobody would give me any work at all. <laughs> like I had no degree right. at that time. People know that they needed the internet, but they didn't know that you needed somebody who actually knew the internet, not necessarily somebody with a marketing degree. Mm-hmm. And, um, this was what, five years ago. Yeah. It was about 2015. Okay. And, um, so 
I was like, I was like, man, what am I doing? Like, and at this time I don't really know a lot about business. I'm, I'm learning it as I'm going through these sales and like getting little projects. And I'm, I'm talking to my dad a lot. Cause my dad's just like a business junkie, kind of like how I am now. And, um, so except smarter, except yeah, smarter, more experienced. <laughs> smarter. We're, I feel like we're pretty even intelligent. Yeah, I don't know, man. That guy's a genius. Yeah. Not that he, you're not he, a genius, but that, that Martinez, like, that like a big old brain. Dude. <laughs> like, honestly, not just cause they're my family. That's my mom's side, you know, but super smart people. Sonny has that. There's some people that are so smart. Like you stutter talking to them. That's, that's him. Like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I used to be like that when I was a kid because I was like, how is this guy like, it's like when you're like driving the car and like they're sitting next to you, but somehow you're like, well, how's this guy like driving the car? How's he like getting me to go all these places? I didn't even realize it. That's what like having conversations <laughs> with my dad when I was younger. It's like, how is that? Why, how do we even end up here? But um, anyway, so I, uh, nobody would hire me, give me any work or anything like that. And I was just learning stuff from what I can get from my dad or from whoever. And what he, was the driving force? Nobody's hiring you. You don't, get, you, you know, you got minimal money. You just suffered a loss, you know, from the you probably wanted to eat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably hungry. I uh, wanted to go out. You're this young man. So what was the driving force for you to go out, you know, and, and continue your hustle? It, it's it's a lot of like, like, I think a lot of it is like my dad when I was younger, like it pays off in a lot of ways. And then it's obviously not good in a lot of ways. Cause you got to mature out of certain aspects of it. My dad like made me feel like, like no matter what, even when he was upset with me or not upset with me, whatever, like I always felt like I could literally just try something and make it work. Like there was no, there's no difference between like me and the next guy. And like, like never just basically don't be afraid to try stuff. Right. right. And like, but like really, really like ingrained that in you, like hard, hard, like just, it was always in, you know what I mean? No matter what. Yeah. So, I wasn't really afraid to try anymore. I never really had like lack of courage trying or anything like that. It was just more of like the, the, the negatives that come along with that. You just get tunnel vision and it's just like, if you know that you can do it, you don't have a reason not to. And if you want to do it and you know that you could do it and you don't have a reason not to, what's stopping you? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that's exactly what it was. And so it was kind of like he was reaping the fruits of his labor the way he <laughs> raised me, I guess, for a little bit. Yeah. But that's that's kind of like what happened. I don't I don't I don't think there was ever a part in my mind where I was like, oh, I should I should probably not do this because it's not going to work out. I think it was just more like, how can I get this to work out? Dude, that's an amazing perspective. Because even for me to launch Rugged 33, it's been years in the making and of course, your cousin Johnny, he's just like, dude, just do it. Like, what's your problem? Like, and for me, it's taking that courage of faith to step out and try something new. It takes courage, you know, to try something new. It's just like, for I'm you're a jujitsu guy, I'm a wrestler. Like, if you're going to do a new move, you know, do a double leg, or if you're going to try something new, it takes courage to step out normally what you do. And so I've been like that. It's been. It's been tough. I've been encouraged to do Rugged 33. And now that I'm doing it, it's like I'm putting in the content. I'm putting in the work. My um, my confidence is rising like, oh, I could do this, you know. And so I think that's amazing. I think it's really interesting how your mind is like, nah, I could do this. And over here, I'm like, it's going to fail. It's going to freaking suck. Nobody's going to. Why would Devin even want to come on? Like, he'll he'll probably be like. Heck no, dude. Like, you suck. Like, honestly, those are the kinds of things that go through. Who's going to turn into Rugged 33, you know? So those were the kinds of things that went through my mind. Even though I did the homework, I did the work. 
it was more of me. It was my perspective, you know? It's, it's funny that you say that because, like, I, I know that they're, like, I don't think, I've, I don't know. I've, I've never, I, people say that. You're not the first person I've heard say that, especially, like, when it comes to, like, creating new, like, content, you know? Like, doing yeah. a podcast for most people, I, I would assume, because I've been told it's pretty intimidating. And, like, but when I hear people say it at each time, it, it surprises me because I'm always, like, I'll ask, like, I've done videos before where I've asked people and they were just like, no. And I was like, all right, that's your loss kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Like, but it, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, I should probably take stuff like that into account a little bit more because I take stuff like this for granted, like crazy. Like, I don't know. Just the fact that we're like recording, I'm like, oh, it's like nothing to me. But to like someone who's still new into it is like, oh, this is like, it's, it's cool. I want to take it serious. I want to do this, I want to do that. And like, right. that's the perspective I should have. I think that's one of the negatives that comes along with me being willing to try stuff sometimes. Like right. I probably look past it a little bit more than I should. Yeah. That's, that's another interesting perspective because before we came on the show, I was like, is there anything that you want to highlight, you know, that you're going through? You're like, nah, man, I could flow with anything. And I'm <laughs> sitting here like, dang dude, like where does that come from? You know, it, it's like, it's, and I think that the reason why I'm attracted to it is because I struggle in that area. Like, and, and I'm pretty sure listeners do that. I'm pretty sure somebody wanted to start a podcast or maybe try hunting or skateboard or whatever, but they stopped themselves. And I've noticed that in my life, I'll do that. I'll, I'll, I'll start it. I'm pretty creative, but then somewhere in my mind, I'm like, man, nobody's going to want to listen to it. Or it's going to say, you know, like I was telling you, like, this is stupid. This is a stupid idea. Why did I even do this? You know? And so I just think it's for the listeners and especially for me, man, I'm just like, dang, dude, that must be cool. You know, where you don't have that kind of fear. You're like, I'm going to try it and I'm going to make it work. You know, I'm going to go beast mode on it and we'll see. And actually, as I do this, that's where I'm getting to. You know, like I could do this and you know, I don't want to sound like arrogant. Like, are you sure? <laughs> see, and then you have a cousin. See, see, then you have a cousin like Johnny Black who is like, "Are you sure, Mario? Like, are you sure you're doing the right thing?" Like, you might want to think. Yeah, this is your thing. Listen to your inner voice. Yeah. Right. Before, uh, before my first jujitsu tournament ever, like I just got a, I was like a white belt. I got my blue belt like a couple days before, and. John was driving me to this tournament like a couple hours away. And we got in the car. The first thing he says to me is, you better not lose today. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, right? No pressure. Uh, yeah. That's and that's the funny thing is because he, he's just been like that, even with me, just constantly pushing me like, come on, dude, you got to do this. And so I appreciate it. But, um, the, you know, uh, the other thing I was uh, I wanted to move into was, you know, I know you're a jujitsu guy as well. Um, I hear cigar shop. I'm like, so does he own a cigar shop? Doesn't he like, so what's going on? Like what kind of businesses are you a part of? Um, we used, so my family used to own a cigar shop and that's right. why I learned a bunch about cigars, obviously, cause you gotta <laughs> learn the product. Right. right. But that, I think we, we sold that in like 2016. Oh, okay. But I was, that was kind of one of the things I did to fill my time while I was trying to figure out what I'm doing right now. You know what I mean? So I was there. So you opened up a cigar shop to fill your time my dad my dad opened up a cigar <laughs> shop and yeah, yeah. he was working for a company at the time so like half that time it was my brother and i running it and basically yeah. just trying to keep it going you know <laughs> yeah. until he figured out whether he wanted to sell it or not right. so that that's where i kind of got into all that i learned a lot about like different whiskeys different cigars different <laughs> stuff like just 
you know, people, people come in and it's like a part of their, their culture and everything like right. that. And you got to have conversations with customers and know how to like, not hustle them a little bit, but just build rapport. So right. they keep coming back as a business, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's, I kind of got into all that stuff. I met okay. a lot of like, uh, older, older dudes that just, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's a weird, funny culture, funny culture. What's the most funniest thing about it? Uh, or the, different? <laughs> well, the, the funniest thing about it, I think is like how, I think it's just weird seeing people identify in like in that type of like culture. Whereas like like in jujitsu or sports or wrestling like that, yeah, it, I can understand how people identify so hard with that because like there's it's like a very physical thing and you're being vulnerable, not even just mentally, but I guess kind of mentally. If you get beat up in front of somebody, you're getting beat up in front of somebody. There's no <laughs> yeah. denying it, you know what yeah. I mean? So like you, yeah. you you no matter what, you identify with it really really heavy, right? Whereas right. like cigar culture i think cigars are cool i think they smell good i don't necessarily smoke cigars anymore but at the time I, even though i was doing it every once in a while i never understood how these guys were so like no i only smoke arturo fuentes no i only smoke cohibas no i only smoke whatever right yeah, and yeah. i was like this is like just for the taste or was it their brand like that's it's like their I brand only wear nike yeah no that's it's 100 percent their brand and i just i never got that even at the peak where i was like i kind of enjoy cigars I never got like that. It was yeah. never like you're hard line. It's, to yeah. There's guys that are like, I'm nothing but Jameson for yeah. whiskey and I'm nothing but Arturo Fuente for cigars. And yeah. I'm like an Ohio Buckeyes fan and like yeah. all of this different stuff. So it's just, I, but I think it's because a lot of those guys were older and maybe they were past the point of being able to live and do some of the stuff that I was able to do at the time, like still yeah. go to the gym and do sports and random stuff like that. So right. I just, right. I just wasn't able to relate. That's probably the funniest thing. Yeah. Okay, so that that answers questions about the cigars. And what about the the gym? The gym, as far as like, are you talking about jujitsu? Yeah. Okay. So like, um, like because you were a part of a gym in Turlock. Oh right? yeah, or I you... still I still am. I still go. I mean, right now it's kind of like yeah. Obviously, we were a little bit sheltered in place, yeah. but I've been doing jujitsu now for I think about for like ten years. So I'm like I'm almost a black belt. I'm like a belt away. I've had my brown for a little while, but I've been inconsistent the last year or so just because I've been like running around all over the place. But jujitsu is like definitely up there on my passions. I have like, so like I do a lot of stuff, right? Because we talked yeah. about like, you know, what do you actually do? <laughs> right. I do uh, probably, I try and I like to have like hobbies and probably too many of them to have. I would say stuff that I'm actually passionate for. Yeah. Jujitsu is one of them. Trying to, and this sounds like pretentious, but I don't mean it in like I'm trying to get rich. I just mean like I enjoy trying to make money. Like not even the fact that I want to buy a bunch of cool stuff or I want to be rich. It's just the process of it I enjoy. And yeah. then obviously creating like content, like videos, music, whatever it is. Yeah, I follow I follow you on social media and the stuff that you put out. It's amazing. I'm you know definitely a follower, watcher, admirer. And then it was funny because this morning. Johnny calls you this morning and he's like, what are you doing? And you're like, oh, I'm moving around stocks. Yeah. So what if I lose this amount of money? And I'm sitting there like, and I'm with Johnny. If I lose $50, I'm like, oh my God, is it like, it, so even that kind of no fear, you know, of, uh, I'm like, how does it, where does he get that? Like, where does that come from? You know, because it's like, if I lose 50 bucks, I'm like, I don't even like to spend 50 bucks, let alone lose 50 bucks. So to play on the stocks, I'm like, but I, obviously it's my perspective where you feel comfortable and you're like, ah, you make it up at a, you know, like in your words, at another time you're, you'll be up 500 or whatever, you know, the numbers are. So I just thought that was, that was pretty interesting. I'm like, so Nat, so he's into stocks as well, you know, 
but it's funny just you i i think as a young as a young man well you're getting relatively young. i'm right. younger than all the rappers i listen to still so i'm <laughs> relatively young right right and and then what you're into and your content so uh let me let me ask you this where you're at now um obviously you're on your way up you know you're just doing your thing what were some of the hurdles or mountains uh, that you had to get over, that you had to climb, maybe personally or emotionally. If you don't mind me asking, you know, to to to, to overcome and to get to where you're at now. I think, I, I just think a lot of people they see like Devin now, but they don't see all the hard work, everything that you've done before that, all the blood, sweat, tears to get there. So, like, I think. The one thing I had to, it wasn't, I don't even know. I mean, there's things I had to get over, but I think the one thing I always try to tell people, cause I'm barely learning this, like yeah. barely, like I'm kind of like living it, I guess right now. Right. Yeah. Is that, um, there's a lot of people that aren't like you were talking about earlier, not feeling confident in like wanting to do this a little bit or trying to get over like the hump of just getting going and just doing it. Right. Right. And I think that like a lot of people, they try to rely like people that don't have I have too much confidence. Like I have an abundance of it and I'm realizing that a lot of times it's kind of pointless. It does have application in certain areas of life where it's like, it's positive, but it doesn't help me as much as like I used to think and as much as other people think it does. Um, I'm, I had a long time confidence, but I didn't have courage to try stuff. So like, I was like, man, I'm really good at this. But like, what is thinking you're really good at something like actually do? Whereas like <laughs> right. there could be someone that doesn't, that doesn't believe in themselves at all. But if they have enough courage to try, they're already like five or six steps ahead of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you could have both, obviously like that's going to be a, that's going to help you out a little bit more. It's going to make you feel more comfortable, I should say. Right. Um, but I feel like to actually apply what you have, courage is more important. So like, I'm always just trying to figure out like how I can get myself to be a little bit more comfortable, like with like risk. And I don't mean like monetary wise, but just like, I guess being vulnerable or trying to get comfortable in like the chaos of something, you know what being I mean? Comfortable right. in an uncomfortable position. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent, hundred percent. Like not being gun shy. If I'm like up somewhere speaking or if I have a sales call with somebody <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like I'm the expert, it doesn't matter if I'm nervous about this, just accept it. Like Chell Sonnen had like a really good quote that I heard like a year ago. And it, even I, I think about it, I'm like, oh, I try to apply it. Cause he was saying that like, He's making the analogy of like when you go into competition that people lie when they say that they're not, they're not nervous and the people that try to tell themselves they aren't nervous before they go into something are the ones that usually end up fighting two battles, the one that they're going to do physically and then also the one that they have mentally. Yeah, so that, he, that makes sense. Totally. Yeah, yeah, he was. So he was basically saying that before you go out and do something, no matter what it is, just accept how you feel. Like if you accept how you feel, whether you're nervous, whether you're excited, whether you're scared, whatever it is, like you already got that battle out of the way. Okay. You're honest with yourself. And then after that, you can go try to execute because you're going to have to go execute no matter what. You might as well have some burden off your back or at least right. accept whatever is there. So that's kind of like the biggest thing I was trying to like tell people because I'm young. It's not like I have all this life experience, but for me, the way I'm able to execute is like just accepting however I feel about it. Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to be like a lot of stuff I do. I get nervous. <laughs> a lot of stuff that I do, I'm like, I should be nervous and I'm not but I try to just get past that and like really think about it and be like, all right, this it is what it is. And then just go yeah. out there and do it. So like, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like me, it was just getting over the facade of like confidence and like that can only take you so far. Like, you right. know what I mean? And just trying to have enough courage to just go and do it. Right. You know, AOC is 30 years old. What's AOC? I hate AOC, but it's very impressive. I, I wanted to just to see if you think you're smarter than her. <laughs> 
Oh, I, I'm a. Oh, I, I know who she is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I I will say that with AOC, I would think that. All right, so I don't think of intelligence the same way a normal person does. If we had to measure it on some type of scale of critical thinking, I think that I would be off the charts compared to her. I'm not saying I'm like an Elon Musk or nothing like that, but if you put me next to AOC, I think I'm a I'm a bit further down the line of uh, whatever you would try to measure us on. <laughs> Just saying, you guys are the same age, you know. Whatever. It, it shows how how much that that confidence helps you because she's definitely <laughs> further along than I am. <laughs> she's done a better job than me. Yeah, <laughs> I seen a documentary on her. And she did hustle to win her campaign, but that's about it. You know, she was real friendly. She did hustle. And, yeah, I'm just no, being done. <laughs> really, no, no. But, well, it's a good example, though. I, I feel like, I, I feel like not from a pretentious standpoint, but I feel like I got a lot more skills than she does. But yeah. she's been able to apply whatever right. she's got more optimally than me. I'm just saying that going back to your point is someone that is not as skilled, but mm. they go out and try it. Yeah. yeah. It's working. Look at her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Honestly, that's the way I feel about Rugged 33 podcast. I'm like, you know what? I'm trying it. I'm going to get it out there and we'll see what happens. I'm not afraid to do the hard work. It's just my own self. Like, you know, the quote that you said, dude, I'm, I fight myself. Then when, once I'm doing it, once I'm here, I'm like, it, it's not even the fear of doing the podcast. It's are people going to listen? That's the fear. You know, or is it good enough content? Because to me, I'm like, no, nah, this is junk, you know, and it's just and people will be like, well, you should be used to that. Like you're a preacher, you know, like you're a pastor, like you speak in front of crowds of people. And, and I'm like, dude, like I'm confident in that area. I've been doing that for a long time consistently. And so I don't have an issue in that area. Now, the roughest time is from when I get up out of my seat to go up on stage. That short walk is like, that's when everything hits me. Like, man, you ain't prepared for it. Like, you big dummy, you should have did this, that. But once I get there, I'm in my element. I'm like, okay. Because like we were talking before the show, naturally, I'm an introvert. Mm. I, like, I like reading. I like listening to podcasts. I don't really like watching them. I like listening to podcasts, listening to music. I'm more comfortable with myself and close people. That's why, believe it or not, Johnny Black is my favorite. Me and him are close. And I, to me, it was like, I have enough. I have my wife, my kids, my cousin, who I'm really close to. And that's more than that. That was my protection. Now I'm widening that and letting more people in and just being like, all right, it's, it is definitely better to live in community. But still, I'll get in community and then I'll retreat back to my room and be like, okay, got to gather myself, got to get going. So I just yeah I think it's it's just really interesting you know the the perspective the hustle that you have and just the no fear like all right I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna make it work. Yeah, like I think a lot of it too is like because I didn't go to school, my dad would always be like, <laughs> "You got to do something. Yeah. You got to do something." Yeah, like right. what? Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. what other choice do you have? You know what I mean? We were just talking about this a little bit ago about school. If you're getting your money's worth. As far as going to school, the education, the job. And to me, I'm not anti-school, but it, it doesn't seem like it's worth it for the most part. Especially if you're just going to school and you're going to get a job that you don't want to do and that you don't love don't, to do. Don't say what school district you work for. 
Because <laughs> wow. they're going to be like, uh, and this was a teacher. No, in, in my <laughs> line of field, and that's the new argument. It's yeah. not the new argument. It's yeah. the argument that's been going around for a few yeah. years now. It's like, before, all we would do is want kids to go to school. To go to school. Right. Well, some people aren't built for school. Yeah. It, it's just like Isai. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's not a dummy. But <clears throat> he has to work at his grades and stuff. But he he finishes his AA, you know, goes through it. And then he's like, uh, Dad, I don't want to go to school anymore. I want to work for right. the, the water company. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, dude, what are you doing? You could only break your back like that for so many years, you know? Well, is it is it Google that doesn't – they'll hire you without a degree? Is it Google? They have certification programs okay, that yeah. you can do now, yeah. yeah. But, you know, without, yeah. like, a bachelor's or a master's, yeah. you know, and it's like – Yeah, I mean, things are changing. Dude, yeah. he, he makes good money. He he has a profession. It's good. He's he's doing good. He gets paid more than more than me. You know, I mean, he gets paid good money, man. And so I was like, all right, you know, it, just as long as you're the best water worker, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you give him that, you know, that speech. And, and he's like, yeah, I want to work up. Well, into you have management. all these guys doing. It doesn't matter. Yeah. what trade it is. It right, could be. It's a good trade. Devin's trade. You know, what would you call it? I, I don't know what it's called. But look at <laughs> see for, even Devin does or like, whatever. I'm not sure. It's just I'm into things. You know, it's like you know how much student debt I have. It's yeah. crazy compared to you know, and I make decent money, but yeah. you'll have someone, you know, 25 going to a trade, no student debt that's right. just raking in cash. Right, and that could be in Whoops. Yeah. a lot of areas and different type of fields too. Yeah, you know? definitely, and, and I think. You know, that's that's my mindset as well. And even with the show, it's like you could be j- just be the best that you want to be. If you're going to be an artist, because even from my age, I think generation like our my dad was like, no, you're going to get my dad was a brown beret. Like he did some stuff yeah. so that we have opportunity to go to college. I mean, that's just America that we lived in at that time. All the all the brown kids, they took, you know, freaking automotive and. And all the trade schools, they directly sended them to, sent them to there. So when it came to me, he's like, no, you're going to go to school. You're going to finish school, blah, 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 you know? And now, because times are changing, I'm like, all right. Like, it just as long as you're taking care of yourself, you got a good trade, I'm good with it. Because before I was like, nah, you're going to finish school, blah, 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 you know? And so... I don't know. I, I think just with times are, you know, times are changing. Whether you want to be an artist or a DJ or or a podcaster, just as long as you're doing your best, dude. A YouTuber, yeah. Those YouTubers, you yeah. know, it's like dude. all my my uh, Mila. She just my little girl, which is eight. She's a hustler. I want to be a YouTuber, Dad. <laughs> She's recording herself making a cake. Like if she has an audience out there already, dude. Yeah, I, I went to his house and then he's like, yeah. Uh, my mom's like, hey, uh, Mila, his daughter. Mila's gonna for the listeners. Uh, she she does the Starbucks drive through. Johnny's like, yeah, she does it through my window, man. So I walk over there. She has a headset on, just like Starbucks, bro. Just like Starbucks. So she has her tip jar. You know, she got me for four bucks for a Rice Krispie treat and a caramel macchiato. You know, she's so cute. And then his little one. It's funny. Sayla, how old is she? Four. Yeah, four. So I'm like, hey, if you sing this song, I'll give you a dollar. She's like, two dollars. I'm like, you are your daughter. You okay. are, you do belong to your dad. And then later on, she comes by. She's like, a thousand. I'm like, you don't even know what a thousand. Is. Yes, I do. I'm like, no, you don't. 
So I, I think it's funny that some people are just built like that. Dude. They they have that kind of, my wife's like that. She has like that Midas touch. Anything she touches, like amazing. You know, and I'm like, I don't have it. I'm not like, like, I really have to think it through. Me and Johnny, we were talking about like PayPal. He's like, why are you going to use your own money and blow it in? A, I'm like, because then it's paid off and I don't got to worry about that. He's like, oh my God, dude. You know, you can only hear yourself, you know? And my wife does says the same thing. So now I'm like, okay, I got to look into PayPal. Could you explain <laughs> it to me in simple terms? Because finances, I've, I've just never been, you know, yeah. privy to, or I, it wasn't important to me. And it should be because it helps me do a lot of yeah, amazing, fun things. <laughs> so you're going you're gonna to have to give me like a 101 class on like finances and be like, dude, this is why it's important. And blah, 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 blah. But anyways, hey, we're coming to a close. We're at our 40 minute mark. We, I just want to say thank you to all the the rugged 33 listeners Devin man thank you for for coming on I know you'll definitely come on again not only because you're my cousin but I'll put you on a crazy Martinez guilt trip <laughs> and then that'll mean you'll have to come back out um but no I just really appreciate it and and anything else you want to highlight we got like five minutes left I try on rugged 33 I try to go like 45 minutes 50 minutes just so that people could get some good content could be championed they could hear like hey there's hope out there you just you know, do your dreams. But yeah, go for it, man. Um, I will say that I appreciate you having me on this podcast because, <laughs> like, I don't really look at it like something like, oh, this is not, I don't know. I don't think of it like there's standards or anything like that. Yeah. It's just like, it's cool. Like, content is content to me. Yeah. I'm going to get in front of some people doing this. You're my cousin. Like, yeah. this is cool. Like, I enjoy it. You know what I mean? It was natural. It, it didn't feel all, like, weird like some of the other podcasts I've been on before. Not naming any names, but, yeah, you yeah. know. No, um, other than that, I mean, I have a, you, you guys can follow me everywhere at I am symphony on like literally any platform, but, <laughs> yeah, yes. but other than that, um, I do want to be able to say, cause I know that there's a lot of people that like the way that you got into this was probably like listening to other podcasts. Like you were probably a podcast listener and then you're like, yeah. I want to do my own. So like, I would say that anyone that wants to create content out there, do not let the first the facade of perfection get in the way of just getting it done. You don't have to be smart, huh? Yeah, you know, you, you, you can just do it. You can just do it. <laughs> See, how, and then he looks at me, dude. <laughs> and that's the thing is, is I believe it or not, the perfectionist thing, it messes with me. Like it, to me, it's like no, that's it. We have to have the right mics. We have to have the right lighting because then the next venture is, and it's something that I'm good at. It's artistic, but it was never like. Um, how would you say encouraged? Mm-hmm. Like I've always been a journal writer. Yeah. And in my life, I struggled with fear like crazy from day one. I could remember like I lived this life of fear as a kid. And so I, I got through fear. I got I, I, I got through anxiety and I was like, man, I want to write. Th- I want to write this book. So I started um, and Johnny's like, we should write it together, you know, because we both have had this crazy anxiety fear experience, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I started mind mapping it and putting it together. Like the different chapters fear is in the center. And then I just go off of that, all these little bubbles and I start writing it. Like, honestly, I have probably about 20 pages and then I'm like, this is crap. Like, <laughs> this is so hard. Like who is again, that, that destructive inner boy, who's going to want to like, this is stupid. So it's just, um, I, I know I'll get there. I know I'll take that step of faith and courage and be like, nah, I'm going to get it done. The, just like Victor, our other cousin, he just, he, he sent me his book to read. 
And he's like, Hey, give me some feedback on it. You know? And I, I was like honored. I was like, why would he ask me like, what in his right mind is a freaking John? No, I'm like, Johnny's like, me I'm too. Like, no, because I told him no. <laughs> <laughs> See, you if I ever if I ever wanted to get a huge head, Johnny no. would just center me real quick. You know. No, but anyways, just you know, getting to the point of taking that step of faith and getting out there. And dude, I, I appreciate your courage and just even being on and of course Johnny. Um same thing. You know, but yeah, really, really appreciate you being on the show. We're going to go ahead and end. Hey, listeners, thank you. If you, you want to follow uh, Devin Martinez on, on social media, I am Symphony. I am Symphony. Yeah. He has amazing, amazing content, good videos, a lot of really good stuff. And uh, hit him up. And we appreciate you guys. Thanks a lot. See you later.